pray and get into God's Word. We just want to give you some reminders as well to please wear your mask, be talking to others, and moving around. We want to love one another and continue to be faithful. So desire that the Holy Spirit would come this morning. Amen. And so we want to pray and invite him into our service. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your goodness. Thank you for your love. come to worship because you're a good God, you're faithful, you're forgiving, you're loving, you're perfect, you're righteous, and we lift your name up. God, you are good. Bless our time this morning. Holy Spirit, come. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Hey, who said that? Mike, nice to see you. Good. <laughs> and I'm on a stage this morning, so you can see me in the back. This is, uh, this is good news. This is good news. I'll just try not to move backwards, or I might, uh, I might fall right off this thing. It would be funny. It would be funny. And it's on Facebook, too, so you could look at it another time. Um, on that serious note, can you guys stand? We're going to worship together, all right?
will bow. And with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we gladly choose you now. Sing, come. Come. Now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart and come just as you are to worship. Come just as you are before your God. Yes, I know 
finish this morning with great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning, 
new mercies I see, and all I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. That is our prayer this morning. You've been so good, and you're so faithful, and you will continue to be so. Watch over us this morning, Father. Open our ears and our hearts to receive from you this morning. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I think if you're 10 or under, you can head downstairs. And feel free to say hello to the people near you. Good morning. Okay. Few announcements this morning. Um, just so you know, we are working hard. Our our streaming. We we know that it hasn't been the best the last couple of weeks, but we are upgrading our internet here, and uh, it will be improving. Our desire is not just to be on Facebook because we know that not everyone has that, but to be on YouTube. So. If you can just be patient with us and thankful that 
we're working today. So as of now, we'll be on Facebook. Then we'll record the message and put it up on YouTube for those who are shut-ins or haven't been here who might want to catch up as we're going through First Samuel. So we appreciate your patience with that. And hopefully this week, we'll have a lightning-fast internet speed here. Yeah, right, huh? Can't have it at my house, but anyways, we can have it here, hopefully. So we're thankful uh, for that. So Operation Christmas Child boxes are over there, and of course it is that time of year. It's actually more than that time of year because the deadline is next week to receive boxes. So we'd encourage you, if you haven't taken a box, to grab one and then bring it back next week, and we will get it to where... It needs to go at the drop-off center, but what a great opportunity to bless others around the world, and we know it can be a very, very effective ministry, and it is not much for us to do to go to the dollar store and pick up some things and put them in that box, so we encourage you to do that. So there is a ladies' fellowship breakfast November 13th, and that will be uh, downstairs in the new section, and that would be 9 to 11, obviously using both rooms. We'd love if you could just let us know if you're coming, ladies, let Amy know so we are within the numbers and doing everything that we need to do to make it comfortable for everyone. If there's too many, we can come upstairs, so if you can let Amy know, it would just be a time of encouragement you're going to eat and someone's going to share their testimony. All the food will be prepared beforehand. But a time for you ladies to gather and encourage one another. November 13th, 9 to 11. So our prayer emphasis month is coming to an end, but that doesn't mean you stop praying. Right? No, we should be encouraged to pray more and more. And just to let you know of the opportunities as usual, um, we are available to pray for you, Doug and I, Wednesday afternoon, 2 to 4. If there's more than a few, we just split up. We'd love to see you. You know, we had a whole bunch two weeks ago, and this week it was just Doug and I, but that's okay. We prayed for the church and the needs around, but feel free to come in the morning. We also do a prayer walk praying through town that God would be working in the homes and the businesses, that his Holy Spirit would be drawing people to himself. You're busy during the day. You're more than welcome to join us in the evening for our prayer time. As again, as we seek the Lord, Wednesdays have become a very special day. Not only of crying out to the Lord, but hearing from Him. I've also heard of other little prayer meetings popping up as people are gathering in offices and praying together. And that's just our intention that we seek the Lord and ask Him to move in our community. So young adults this week, I do believe, 6 o'clock, they'll be hanging out downstairs. Uh, Tuesday, youth, junior high youth was wonderful last week after church, using that whole space downstairs. A lot of activity. Fun to see. Uh, youth group was great. Um, seeing a number of kids who might not go to church come out and watch Alpha videos. Praise God. And uh, the seed is being planted. It's so nice to see the new building section downstairs being used almost on a daily basis for God's glory. Praise the Lord. If you're new here this morning, we welcome you. It's great that you could join us. We pray that you'd be encouraged and blessed as we worship and seek the Lord in learning from his 
word. Let's pray together and we'll get into God's word. Thank you, Jesus. Man, you're so good. Great is your faithfulness. How true that is. Lord, we come to praise you, to say you're holy. Holy is your name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You deserve all our praises. Jesus, you're so good. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for setting us free. Lord, we desire that your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray that people will be free of sin, free of pain. We pray people will just worship you as it is in heaven. Lord, that's how you taught us to pray. And Lord, we pray this morning. We know we have needs as well, so we come to you, whether they're physical, emotional, relational. Life is life, and there's issues, there's family issues, there's work issues, there's friend issues, and we cast our burdens upon you because you care for us. Lord, if it's something we need, a little more love, a little more patience, Lord, whatever it is, we ask you to move and encourage us this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, which lives in us. Empower us, Lord. We pray for the body of Christ in Lanark County, the different churches, that you would encourage them. We pray for my friend, Pastor Lewis, still struggling to recover from shoulder surgery. I pray that you'd bless him. Brothers and sisters at the Free Methodist Church, Rito Christian Fellowship, that you would bless them, the Presbyterian, the Baptist Church, Lord. We just desire that your word would be taught, that people would come to know you. Lord, you are so good, so faithful. Teach us this morning. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Okay, if you have a Bible this morning, we are in 1 Samuel chapter 12. Then we'll talk about chapter 11 just a little bit. Last week, we finished in chapter 10 talking about how Saul was anointed as the first king of Israel. And so some of you know that, some of you don't, but Israel was a nation long before it's a nation now. And its first king was anointed here in the book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. At that time, God didn't necessarily want them to have a king, but they wanted to be like all the other nations. They were having trouble trusting God, and they wanted to trust in man. They wanted to fight their human problems in human ways. But we learned weeks ago that we're to fight 2 Corinthians 10 with eternal godly weapons. 
which is the cross, which is love, which is forgiveness, which is truth, all of those things. But here they have their king. Last week, Saul was to be anointed, but remember he was hiding in the baggage. If you didn't hear that teaching, I encourage you to go there. It became one of my new favorites, maybe because I've taught it twice since last Sunday. But this idea that we, according to Psalm 103, are crowned with God's loving kindness and tender mercies. That's what God has done for you, amen? Through Jesus Christ, he's given you a royal identity as you believe in him and you are loved and you have mercy. So we need to step into that and get out of the baggage, which can be our own identity of ourselves, our own striving, our own thinking of what people think of us, and step into what God thinks of us. And we need to think of that each and every day, or the world kind of swallows us up. Amen? People wonder why I say, you need to do your devotions every day. Well, it's not for a checklist. It's so you know the truth and the truth of who you are in Christ Jesus. It can be days and we get distracted, but we need to get into God's word, be in prayer, to be reminded of that royal identity in Jesus. So anyways, Saul steps into that, and in chapter 11, beginning today, he has a great victory. His kingship starts on a real positive note. We're not going to talk too much about chapter 11, but he defeats the Ammonites. He saves a city in Israel called Jabesh Gilead, where this other country had taken over and all is going super well. Even the doubters at the end of chapter 10 and chapter 11 are convinced that this new king is really a great guy. He saved them from the enemy, exactly what they wanted. That they could trust him and he gathered all the people. Of course, we know the reason being that the spirit of the Lord fell upon Saul in that time. And that's why they had great victory. So in the midst of this euphoria and this excitement, we have a king. He's led us to victory. Samuel wants to bring them back to truth. So at the beginning of chapter 12, he said to all of Israel, Listen, you have your king, it's made over you. Now here is the king walking before you. And I am old and gray-headed, and look, my sons are with you. I've walked before you from my childhood to this day. And Samuel says, you have to understand, he's really old. So you have the beginning of something new and the end of something old. Samuel, gray-headed, says, what have I done wrong? You have nothing against me. I've done all that I should have done, but I have something to tell you. I have maybe what we would call a final exhortation. Or maybe he wants to renew the kingdom in truth. You see, he's finished extremely well. He's done a real great job. Remember how he began chapter 3 months and months ago when he heard from God 
and all the words that God would give him, he would share. And he has this incredible ministry. Well, not like his sons or other judges or other prophets who don't finish well. Samuel finishes extremely well. Made me think, this is a real topic. Because a lot of us start like Saul in the euphoria and the victory. And oh, everything's going great and God is with me and my life is soup de duper But I guess the question is, how are we going to finish? Well, you say, I'm pretty young, Dan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's put it like this. You may start your day well. How do you finish your day well? Just think of any finish. Maybe a finish to anything you have begun spiritual. How do you finish well? And to be honest, in this day and age, I see at times or been saddened to see some not finish well. And I'm just being brutally honest. And maybe I can speak of myself how I might start my day in that euphoria in the goodness of God. And by the end, I say, what happened? Why did my behavior change so much? Maybe the end of a week. But it's been kind of one of those times when you're just helping people and it seems they've been distracted and they're not heading to the finish line very well as Samuel has. And you know, in regards to our walk with the Lord, it's more important in how you finish than you begin. Hello? It's more important when Christ comes back that we're doing well. Praise God, right? We don't want Jesus to come back and we're struggling. But actually the words of the New Testament are, be sober, be ready, watch and pray. Because when he comes, we want to be ready. Amen. We want to know each day we're finishing really, really well for Christ Jesus. Because actually, Jesus, even more than Samuel, was the great finisher. All the way to the end. And this morning, what is the encouragement we can get to finish well? It's interesting here as you go through chapter 12 and Samuel's exhortation, and he gets the people together, and he's like, I've done well. My life has been basically full of integrity. I've served you. I've served the Lord now listen to me. And he begins in verse 6 and basically goes to verse 25. And he says to the people many different stories. For instance, in, in verse 6 of Moses and Aaron. And he reminds them how God was faithful to them. And then he says in verse 7, stand still. Kind of like, stand up. And listen to me, that I may reason with you before the Lord about what? The righteous acts of the Lord that he did for you and your fathers. And then he goes on to talk about Jacob. This is all in their history. And how the country of Israel, when they failed, they cried out to the Lord. And God raised up Moses and Aaron, again those names. And then he'll go and Talk about how the people fell in sin, but yet as they cried out, God was always faithful to raise up someone to help them. 
God would never leave them alone, even in the midst of their sin. And he quotes in verse 11 some of these judges who went before him, Gideon and Japheth and others. And then he goes to the present and he says, listen, you've asked for a king. And that wasn't what God had for you. And then he calls for a sign to show them that he's serious and God does a little miracle and he calls for rain and thunder and it comes and the people realize that they've sinned in the midst of their euphoria and starting well. We shouldn't have done this. We should have trusted the Lord. But Samuel's words after this are so incredible because he's, yeah, he says, you have messed up, but, but God is faithful. Do not fear. Verse 20, you've done all this wickedness. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn aside from then you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake. Because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Listen, okay, you have all the people of the past. They blew it, yet God was faithful. You, you called on him. He rescued you. He sent Moses and Aaron. He took you out of Egypt. And then he sent these judges every time you were living in sin. And they defeated the enemy for you. And now you've sinned in asking for a king. But yet God will not forsake his people. Why? For his name's sake. Why? Because he is faithful. Why? Because that's his character. Why? Because that's who our God is. He is faithful. You look at those verses 6 through 25, and if you went through them, and you wanted to underline one word that is repeated over 25 times, in 25 verses, it's the word Yahweh or Lord. The Lord won't leave you. The Lord will send a judge. The Lord will be with you. The Lord. The Lord. And Samuel is saying very clearly, if they want to finish well, because that's how he finished well, it's all about God. It's all about the Lord. And that's how we finish well. It's not in our own strength, but is focusing on his faithfulness. Because we're going to fail. You're going to fail. But God never will. Come on. <laughs> that should be exciting to you. Hello, you are going to mess up. But this passage is saying that God is faithful and he will not. Reminds me of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. It says this, If we are faithless, which we are at times, he is... Come on, finish it for me. Faithful. This is New Testament. Oh, Dan, you're talking Old Testament. No, I'm talking New Testament. 
If we are faithless, he is faithful. He is faithful, and if you want to finish well, my friends, you look at the great finisher, you look at the faithful one, and you understand who he is, and you keep your eyes focused on him. This is not only a theme here. Lamentations 3.22, you know it well. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Say my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those that wait on him. And the soul that seeks him. Lamentations, context. It's not a real positive book. Hence the title, Lament Lamentations. Scholars, the author is, help me, Jeremiah. I don't know how often you read the book of Jeremiah or Lamentations, but you don't leave thinking, wow, I feel so encouraged. Those are just such positive stories. It's all about the failure of Israel, and that's why Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. He's warning them, warning them, come back to the Lord. You guys, you're in idol worship. What are you doing? You're not following the Lord. Come back to him as Jeremiah's plea over and over. Then lamentations written by Jeremiah. Again, it's a lament to the people and their faithlessness. But here you have this gem in the middle. Here you have this hope. Here you have this idea that Samuel was trying to get across. That God in the midst of us being faithless is faithful. I know you've heard all this before. <clears throat> Maybe. Hopefully. And you know the phrases, but they're just so true. The more you look at yourself and you try and finish well, you're going to fail. The more depressed you get, the more you look at yourself. But the more encouraged and the more strength and the more power and the more endurance you get as you look at a faithful God who will never let you go. Hey, listen, King Saul, I finished well. Samuel, you guys, in the midst of your failure, see in history, even now you're failing, but God is faithful. And he won't let you go. Why? Not because of you, but because of his character, because of who he is, because of his great name. That's just who he is. And we get confused. And we get upset. We say, I can't do it. No, you can't. But God can. God can, and God is faithful, and he is with you. And as you believe in him, he will give you strength. The problem with self-help books, they're all about self. And we fail as self. And you might be better than me. You might last a year or 10 or 15, but I'm talking over all the whole journey. We need our faithful God.
and miserable people are those who think of themselves all the time. I was thinking about this Friday, and I'm not a hummer or a singer, okay? I don't go around my house oh, singing worship songs. I don't even remember the words. I don't sing here. I'm never at the front singing. You don't want to hear me sing. I don't hum. I don't do any of that. My wife does. She's singing these songs. She knows every 80s song ever written. She hears it once she remembers it. I don't remember the courses we sang last week. I'm just being dreadfully honest. That's just who I am. And I certainly don't sing. I like music. But this week I, I took uh, a car to, to get an oil change. And usually when I do that, I'm like, oh, I'll just go for a walk. I walk through town and I pray. I just enjoy that. Like, oh, you work on my car. I'm, I'm going to work on you through prayer. And all of a sudden I started singing. I'm like, this can't be me. This is Well, I don't even know if I got all the words right. But the song, after... Even before I dug into to really study, it was almost like the Holy Spirit put it on my mind. But great is your faithfulness. And that's why I said to Dave, can we sing that song? Because that's the message. Great is your faithfulness. And would you believe that hymn, as I started to look at it, it was written as a poem not that long ago, by the way. You know, people say, oh, hymns, they're way old, and no one writes anything good in this generation. Great is the faithfulness, I asked Amy. She's like, oh, that got to be way back, 1800s or something. Actually, as I looked it up, that author grew up in Kentucky. He was a school teacher who just became an editor, and he wrote poems. And though it was a long time ago, it's not that long in the course of history. He actually died in 1960. So it wasn't that long ago he wrote it. I think it was 19, in the 20s, or wrote the poem, but then it got put to music. It was just a school teacher who liked to write poems and then became an editor. That, that was it. He wasn't some great theologian. He read Lamentations one time, and it was like, Great is your faithfulness, O God. Great is your faithfulness. Things are going to turn and change, but your mercies are new every morning. You know, he wrote that because he suffered from poor health. And that's why he penned the poem. In the midst of his trial or failure or pain. And then it was later put to music. But the idea in the midst of even in my failure and my pain, God, great is your faithfulness. I got really excited because the last 10 years of his life, we're in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, where we live 10 minutes from. And you feel some connection to it then, you know, like, oh, I live there. He was there. Not obviously in my lifetime, but certainly in my parents. It doesn't matter. All the great theology isn't way back in the 1800s. It's in the Word of God, and we can claim it today and live by it. We can sing it to remind ourselves, oh, God, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. And that gives me what I need to continue to endure. It's the grace, the compassion. It's the character of God. Is that how you see him today? Faithful. True. Never to leave you, no matter how dark it gets. 
I've ministered to a few elderly people in my life, one being my good friend Ralph. My father is getting old. My father basically, with dementia, has lost all processing ability to think. There's, there's a little there. But even in the last year, I want to tell you something. He wasn't never, ever, in those times when he could converse with me, it was never about him. It was all about Jesus. And something he would do, he'd be in pain, struggled with pain. He still struggles with pain. But we'd talk about Jesus. And even if he couldn't get the words out, he'd raise his hands. He'd say, give me, give me 10. God is faithful, Dad. Oh, give me 20, son. I'm not joking. He put his hands up. You can ask my family. Even in the midst of his pain, the moment you talked of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, as you talked about Jesus, he came alive. As I talked to Ralph at the end of his life, it was never about his life. It was always, I just want to be with Jesus. He's been faithful to me. In the midst of those 80, those 90 years, the ups and the downs, the endurance to get to the end is us realizing it's all about him and he gets us through. And this morning, we ought to be here to praise our faithful God. And as we look at our faithful God, that's when Samuel says to them very clearly, why would you want to turn aside from him? Why do you want to go left or right to seek after empty things? That's what it says in verse 20. Don't do that, but serve the Lord with all your heart because he is faithful. You want to seek comfort in money and pleasure? You want to seek comfort in relationships that are human, which are good, don't get me wrong, but there is no human who is completely faithful like God. And if that's your identity or your purpose in enduring, it's going to be a long journey. And so the exhortation from Samuel at the end of his life to Saul starting the kingship, to them starting is, don't go to the left or to the right, but Yahweh, the Lord, he is righteous. He is faithful. He won't deny his name. Turn to him. It was funny. I played golf with my son, Nathaniel, otherwise known as Buzz, the other day. I did pretty good, actually. We're going home, and out of the blue, he's like, Dad, what's going to be your midlife crisis? I was like, what? Like a new car? I was like, I'm living the life with my 2008 Honda Pilot. I don't need a new car nor do I want it. Well, sometimes if it's a long trip, need a lot more space for the kids. <laughs> I don't know. I said, maybe a golf membership or something. <laughs> that would be my midlife crisis. But the question made me think, what is it 
that sidetracks people in the middle of their life to seek after pleasure in things more than looking at the faithfulness of God. What is it? It's because we get so focused on the future and security and what we have now and what we deserve. And I've been there. And we take our eyes off our faithful God. And whether you're starting your journey, whether you're in the middle of your journey, do not turn aside. But stay focused on the faithful one who will never let you go. Ever. Even when you fail, you can cry out to him. And he will help you because he will not deny himself. Amen? Little P.S. at the end, and I know it's, maybe you feel it's been a little long, too bad. Um, there's one little verse, and I just, I don't want to make a new sermon about it, but I do want to encourage you. What about others around you who maybe aren't finishing well, and they hurt you, and you are the brunt of, their decisions, and okay, God's faithful, that's great, but yeah, what about so-and-so? They've turned away, and actually I've had to be hurt by that. What does Samuel say? I love it. He says, as we continue at the very end, moreover, verse 23, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and right way. Remember when they chose a king? Not only was God offended, who else was offended? Samuel. Because everything he had taught them about the faithful God in serving him, they did the wrong thing. He knew they messed up. You look in the chapter. They know they've messed up. And they're like, pray for us. We've messed up. You know, sometimes as a person, when people hurt us and they're not walking with the Lord, you know what our response is? Good riddance. You deserve it. And take all that pain you gave me with you, okay? That's not God. And that's not Samuel's response. Far be it, it would be a sin for me to stop praying for you. In the midst of your failure, that's what he's saying. I will not sin by stopping praying and teaching you what is right. So be encouraged. Maybe there's those in your life who have gone the wrong way. Maybe people you've loved and they're distracted. Or if they've chased it. Our job isn't to judge. That's God's judge. But our job is to pray. We've come to the end of the month of prayer. And I want, like, listen. I'm more than ever positive that prayer is what changes people, not words. And we have a choice to dig in and to pray for those who have hurt us or to be bitter at them. And I want to be like Samuel. 
no matter what's happened, no matter any decision, like a faithful God, I am not going to cease to pray and to teach what is right. That's the ultimate finish for all of us. As we look at a faithful God and his character to be like him and call out for one another. And let's persevere. Never give up. Because God never does. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. What can we say? Oh, I just feel like shouting it. God, you're faithful. We're faithless, but you're faithful. And we worship you this morning. We don't look at ourselves. We look at you. In the bad times, in the good times, you've been with us. When we've blown it, you've forgiven. You've given us Jesus, and we praise you today. Lord, help us to be really careful not to evaluate in the moment, but to evaluate according to who you are and what you've done. There's nothing that we are going through that you have not been through. And yet you endured. And Jesus, help us today. May we not turn aside to empty things that we think will help us. There's only one, and that is you. We turn ourselves to you. This morning, we're going to take communion as we always do to look at our faithful God and his love for us in sending Jesus. Jesus, we're here to praise you that you came and that you've forgiven us. As we talked last week, Lord, in this moment, we want to remind ourselves as we believe and trust in you to put on our royal identity who we are in your love and your forgiveness. We search our heart knowing that we're not perfect, knowing that we have failed. But we look at you, our Savior, who was perfect and died for us. This morning, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't believe in all of this. I just want to tell you that God loves you so much. No matter where your mind is, no matter what you think of him, he loves you. He sent his son. And we all know deep within us, we're not perfect and we have this sin problem. But we have this incredible God who sent his son to die for our sin. And he's inviting you to receive that forgiveness. Jesus is always inviting. God is always inviting. Even Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, come back to him. Because he's faithful. He loves you. He wants you to experience his grace and love. He wants to spend eternity with you. And if you've never done that this morning, even you can do that in your heart and say, Lord, I, I do trust. I do believe. 
I receive your forgiveness. Praise God. This morning, we're just going to celebrate that forgiveness. David's going to sing. Lawrence will hand out the elements. Just hold them to the end. We'll partake together and just think on what Jesus has done for us. Let's praise God for his faithfulness this morning. To the cross I look To the cross I cling Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing For it on my Savior Both bruised and crushed Showed that God is love And God is just At the cross you beckon me Draw me gently to my knees And I am lost for words So lost in love that I am Sweetly broken Holy surrender And what a priceless gift Undeserved life have I been given through Christ crucified you called me out of death and called me into life and I was under your wrath now through the cross I'm reconciled Cross you, beckon me, draw me gently to my knees, and I am lost for words, so lost in love that I am, sweetly broken, holy surrender. confess how wondrous redeeming love and how great is your faithfulness at the cross you beckon me draw me gently to my knees and I am 
Lost for words so Lost in love that I am Sweetly broken Holy surrender At the cross you Beckon me Draw me gently To my knees And I am Lost for words so Lost in love that I am Sweetly broken Holy surrender Father God, this morning, we are just here to worship you. Thank you for what you have done. Jesus, we lift your name up. Father, we look at your, your son, Jesus, broken for us. That sweet surrender to give us life. We cry out to you and we receive your forgiveness and your love because of Jesus. Let's take the bread together. Lord Jesus, not looking at ourselves, looking at you, your blood spilt for us, your sacrifice, the new covenant, the forgiveness of sins. Praise you. Take all our junk, all our failure, all our sin, all our shame, all our guilt. We give it to you knowing that we are new, we are forgiven in the blood of Christ. Let's take the juice together. We're going to finish a little different. I'm just going to call on David again. After a message on God's faithfulness, I think to sing the words, great are your faithfulness, could bring a little more meaning to you now. And you can actually think about what you're singing, not that you didn't before. But instead of praying together, we're going to declare God's faithfulness in song. And I was just sitting there thinking as we declare it, We've been so blessed here to have, just thinking of Ralph from my dad and others, or maybe your parents as well, who have walked in faithfulness to a faithful God. And I want to declare to God how great he is. When we're done singing, David will pray. You're dismissed. I encourage you to continue to Keep your masks on till we're outside, but let's enjoy.
God's faithfulness and proclaim it and sing this morning. Let's stand together. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of churning with thee. Thou changest not my compassions. They fail not as thou hast been now forever will. Let's go straight to the chorus. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto summer and winter and springtime and harvest sun moon and stars in their courses above join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness mercy and love and great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see and all i have needed thy hand has provided great is thy faithfulness lord unto me in pardon for sin and a peace that endures thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand besides great is thy faithfulness great faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all I have needed thy hand has provided great is thy 
poured unto me. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Amen, God. Thank you so much for this reminder this morning. Again, that you have always been with us and you will always be with us. Help us to live each day knowing that within our hearts, Lord, and let that manifest itself to those among us. Bless us, Lord, as we go about this week. Praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as Dan said, you're dismissed, but feel free to... Oh, did you have more you want to say?